it really is a revolution. Welcome to the third series of our show called Abakotli. Abakotli is a Nguni name for storytellers, and our show, Abakotli the Storytellers, aims to share and unlock local, intercontinental, and intergenerational stories of women, illuminating women that are shaping and creating legacies, profiling African women as thought leaders and change makers. My name is Lebu Biko. I am joined by my partner Rehema Isa, and together we're the founders of Womenomics Africa. Womenomics is a non-profit organization that exists to accelerate women's participation in what we believe are key economies, not just locally but across the continent. In this third series, titled Mastering Change, we are so excited to be partnering with Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. As you can tell from the name, Mastering Change is inviting our guests to share their experiences and their perspective of how they've navigated both personal and business change. I'm excited today to invite our guest, Michelle Mokoni. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much, Lebo. Michelle is the co-founder of Mo's Crib. I must get that right, right? There's an S. Yes, you as, got it right. As a branding person, <laughs> I'm very, very alive to how the branding needs to be articulated and consistently uh, verbalized across across the market. So welcome, Michelle. We're so excited that you're here. And Rehem and I are looking forward to this conversation with you around where you've been, where you're going and how you've navigated this journey from, from then to now. Thank you so very much. And our first question, really, um, I think in an appreciation uh, that often our profiles lead how people get to know who we are. Sometimes we don't get the luxury of telling the story that we want people to know about us and and how we want to enter the world. I'm going to ask you the first question, Michelle. And and rather than reading your long profile and very impressive journey, I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to our guests and say, when you're asked to introduce yourself, how do you do that? What do you choose to highlight and, and why do you do that? What is it that you want people to know about you? I think it's just, it's so funny because it's such a difficult question to, uh, to answer, <laughs> even though you know yourself or you think you know yourself. Um, but, you know, I, I, I always like to say first, I am a spiritual being. Um, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm an aunt, and I'm a mother to be. Um, and on a, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on the professional scale of things, I am by profession an economist and an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. Wow, that's quite a bit, right? I remember studying economy, but I think I passed it just by, you know, in Soto they say, Mudimuntuse. And then you know that actually, you know what? I, 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 need to, I, need, I need to leave it alone, right? It was a, a Mudimuntuse in the beginning, and then I ended up loving it. You know, funny enough, economics, I did not plan to study economics, but yeah, it ended up being what I liked. It's lovely. It's lovely. I, I like that, Michelle. Um, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you on site. Thank you. As you're saying that, and you're talking about your almost a multifaceted perspective, that you're an economist, you're a mother, you're a business mm. person. Mm. It opens up the different facets that we tend to um, exist in um, as women. And it makes me curious, um, particularly about you and, and, and your business. Um, what comes to mind is this notion of your story. Uh, Deb was alluded to this. She's alluded to the fact that we tend to hear stories that most people um, 
put online that most people engage with. So as a business person, Moe's Cribs, I mean, I just listen to that word, Moe's Cribs, and it makes me think of um, my own personal space. It makes me think of my sanctuary. Um, you know, a crib also gives me these kind of connotations of um, a nesting place for a baby. It's ironic that oh, you're also yes. having a baby. <laughs> I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Um and and it almost gives me a sense of a journey that one has walked, right? And in in my mind, I'm 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 sitting and I'm contemplating you as a multifaceted person, a mother, um, you know, obviously well educated, well exposed, and coming up with this business which is Mo's Crib, and the, immediately the imagery that comes to my mind, and it makes me wonder when people interact with you and your story and your business. What is the most commonly shared story about what Moe's Crib is? How do people identify mm, with it? Mm, we talked about mm, the brand mm, name being so mm. significant and it immediately evoked something in me mm. about what it is and what it means. But if you were to articulate what the story is that's most commonly shared about your, piece, about your business, how people have interpreted it, what would that be? I think it's actually quite interesting that you say that because when my sister and I were starting the business, we were essentially just, it was just really an exciting project that we just sort of, we had beautiful products that we, um, that we wanted to introduce to the market and we'd walk into retail stores and just get excited with all these homeware products that we were seeing. <laughs> um, but the beauty of our business is that when we started the business, it was, we started at, at, at a market. And at a market, we got, um, you know, a lot of customer feedback on the products that yeah. we were actually selling. And here it was just about, oh, this product, you know, it's, it's environmentally friendly, um, you know, it's sustainable, it's recycled. And we really just stuck on to what they were saying. And, 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 and that created, you know, the basis of what we were about, you know, the objective to say that we wanted to create a sustainable business. So it's not just sustainable in, you know, the material that we use, but sustainable in the product, in the finished product. And sustainable also in the employment that we create. And um, how we do this is basically making sure that we use um, recycled and environmentally non-invasive material. Um, our products are all quality, steady. Um, you know, I mean, of, of course, it's going to sound like I'm, you know, making a sales pitch, but really... <laughs> We've got very good quality products that can really last you a lifetime and pass on from generation to generation. Um, you know, um, so it's, and, and, and thirdly, it's that of creating sustainable jobs. And how we do that is making sure that all our products are handmade. So mm. we do not use any machinery in any products that we create mm. at the moment. Of course, you know, the plan is to grow, um, you know, bigger. And, you know, essentially when we start, you know, talking about textile, that's where machinery comes in. But we've managed to really create sustainable jobs by keeping it sustainable you know, throughout the entire value chain. Um, and so it's not just about, you know, the, the product and the material, but also the people that are in, the, in our business, that they have sustainable jobs. And so that is a story about most groups that we are all about, um, you know, a, a, a brand creating sustainability in the environment in which we operate in. I think that really best describes most crib. And, you know, many people have come out to say, wow, I actually like, um, you know, what you guys have done. You know, you didn't just make a business where it makes homeware products, mm -hmm. but then in how you make it. And um, and the sustainability thought, you know, behind the people that actually make the product um, as well. It's just actually quite a phenomenal story. So, yeah, I'd say that's what, you know, um, Moscrip is known for and what I'd like for it to be continued known um, as being known for. I'm so excited by your response mm, and yeah. I'm excited for a number of reasons. Um, Lebo and I are co-founders, <laughs> right? But we're not sisters, so we don't have that dynamic. <laughs> How am I <laughs> 
and also comparing it to, for instance, when we, I mean, we had to really just think about what is our value proposition? What problem are we solving? Yeah. Um, you know, because you don't just want to put a product out yeah, there. Yeah. You just also have to think about what problem am I solving? And the thing is that um, when we walked into homeware stores, we just really just saw the same things mm-hmm. and, you know, product that was not, you know, of good quality. And when you, re- you trace it back, you know, to where the product was made, made in China, etc. And, you know, the, 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 then you find how it was actually made, you know. So it's a woven product that was actually made from machinery, you know, it was like mass produced. And this is why we, we you know, we, we were just getting so tired of, you know, the kind of product that we're seeing out there. And we thought we could do better. We could really offer our South African market better products. You know, I think they deserve that. And that's what, and, and, and that's what really um, helped us stay on the sustainability path, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, right now, it's not really easy to move away from it because, um, you know, um, it, it, when you're looking at creating mass products, yeah. because we get that, we get, you know, big, big orders. orders. Um, and then, you know, instead of fulfilling it within just one month, you have to wait six months before you fulfill the order. But it's something that we were willing to really stay true to and yeah. commit to because yeah. it's a value that we created in the business. It's a value proposition on its own. And listen, it's a story that people were just drawn towards yeah. without even realizing. Yeah. And that is how we're able to actually go into these retailers tell them our story in our product without actually even thinking that it's a sales pitch but they loved that and we are seeing that with the customers they just generally love that you know and i think it's also because of the um the market is so full of of products when you go on instagram it's a product when you go on whatsapp you know someone is just marketing a product like there's just, just so much um you know products to choose from but which one is it you know, is, 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 which one is really selling a different story? You know, and we just had, and 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 you know, lucky for us, we we really just fell under that category where we were selling something that was totally, um, totally different, and it is now up to us to make sure that we maintain that. You know, um, and so that's why I, I believe that it's important, and also um, being able to keep our artisans on a project for long enough. You know, that's also been quite fulfilling because, especially when we get to that December period and we all have to take a rest, um, obviously they have to get paid. You know, incentivize the product that they make. So even though they do get their bonuses, etc., it's less because now in, the, in December they're not making that much product. Yeah, exactly. And you really, we really, I mean, I'll say, must then I really care, you know, about the people earning, you know, earning well and being able to, you know, sustain it, sustain themselves, you know, and so it's it's really important. It goes just beyond, um, you know, um, selling a different story, but it also goes, you know, to the the makers, you know, the the, the makers, the real the, the artisans that actually make this product mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, sustainability is really important, and I think in a market where there's just so much offering, how can we make it different? And custom and customers are really just uh, begging for something that's different. And they do right yeah. brands with purpose, very important. Yeah, and I think many people just miss that completely. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, when I'm quiet, when I'm actually silent, I'm drinking in what, what you're saying, saying because my mind is like going tick, 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 tick. I've got so many questions. Um, but, you know, I'm sitting and I'm thinking about the deliberateness with which you are sticking to a particular story. The uh, And your story is about sustainability, but sustainability at the core of a of a value proposition that makes sense, that the market wants to consume, um, that being able to offer something that is relevant in the market today. So what you've been able to embed is this notion of creating a product that's got value externally, 
But your brand is more than that, right? And in terms of how you embody this, you know, they talk about story being what people engage with. So we we engage with the once upon a time and then happily ever after and we're gone. There's a little more depth to story, right? There's a bit more depth to that. And part of your story is your people element. And you've alluded to it a couple of times. You've alluded to the fact that, you know, you know, sustainability for you incorporates people. You shared something earlier that I'd love for you to bring on board here which is about your perspective at most cribs about people Mm -hmm. and what that means. Because I think that's fundamental because you are driving a people-led business. You're in a space where we know in terms of artisans, first of all, the kind of remuneration that they get is very limited, but also as a skill set, it's not something that is really revered, right? So if your child says that they want to be a basket weaver, chances Ah. are, (laughs) as a parent... After the school fees? (laughs) No. No way. These are not, these are beautiful art forms, right? And that's how we typically engage with the kind of products that you're making is that they are pieces, but, you know, and some of them are essential, but some of them are more like, you know, ornamentary, right? Um, So to get a person to appreciate that they've got a talent and skill, there's something that you've done about working with people and creating this kind of culture, ethic, moral framework, but also excitement about being in your space what do you do with your people that makes them a sustainable resource for you to work with and part of this key element of delivering what most cribs does for local mm-hmm. products for for local mm-hmm. uh, markets and for mm-hmm. global markets mm-hmm. what are you doing with people that's different that's keeping them there when we know that the sector is one that is bleeding in terms of people actually wanting to stay there just a simple example when i look at um you talked about part of your genesis being you know driving around and seeing some of these baskets right um but the numbers of those are mostly older women. We're not seeing many more younger people going into basket weaving, going into bracelet making, um, going just into the into the art form that and the science really, even though it's not codified, into making these things. So how do you create a workforce that's dedicated to delivering this vision um, and, and do so in a way that keeps them engaged? Um, you know, my sister and I, although we've always been very entrepreneurial, we were fortunate to work in the, you know, in the corporate environment and we had our own idea of what we would love, you know, um, our work environment to, to be, be like, you know. Um, and, and, and so we're very, also very fortunate to be able to, um, have an opportunity to, to, to design that for ourselves, for our business, to say how we wanted it to be. My sister comes from an HR background mm-hmm. and, um, it was really just one thing that we talked about to say we wanted to create an employee wellness within our company and at the time that we started this we did not even know the cost it would be <laughs> but we you know it's, it's all about intention at the end of the day and if you are really intentional about it then you will stick to it and, and you find a plan right and you find a plan, a plan. you know mm-hmm. and so our intention was to really just um, you know put people over profits um, and and so what we do we've got a wellness initiative in our company where um, you know our employees so we've got, you know, at various sites, we've got a pack, we've got our fulfillment center, and that is where all the quality check happens, the packaging and the dispatch. And we've also got um, the production, um, you know, houses where various types of products are, are, are manufactured. Um, and so in our um, fulfillment center, our employees actually get um, daily meals every single day. Um, they get a transport subsidy up to 50% their transport subsidy and they've got a health benefit and that means that they whenever they're not feeling well or they're sick um, you know they can actually see a professional nurse um, who we have in our company um, 
obviously she's external, but then they are able to then go there and then they they could subsidize, you know, for whatever, um, you know, cost it was, you know, for them. We also have financial literacy um, where we, you know, teach them how to stretch to stretch their their hand basically. And just recently, we've introduced um, the um, a library, you know, um, in our company. And I remember just uh, you know a few a few weeks after that, um, one of our employees came to us and said, uh, you know, she did not even imagine that she would actually even read a book and finish it. Aww. And and she was she managed to, um, she managed to read a book and finish it. And she she just felt so proud of herself. Aww. And she wanted to thank us for you know for the library that we've introduced. And you know with our product side the people get free lodging so they get free lodging um, and then and and and, and also they, they they also get um, you know the the health benefit as well you know of a monthly health benefit mm-hmm. and so this is what we've seen that even if I'm here right now talking to you guys you know the company is running you know and it's running really perfectly and we've really seen the results I mean we supply not just to South Africa but internationally yeah. as well mm-hmm. and all the time we supply I mean um, suppliers get um, get scored and our scorecard is always 100%. We never have any returns in the whole three years that we've been doing our business, working with quality stores like your Woolworths, your Mr. Price, etc. Even international, we've never had any chargebacks because of we've sent you know an incorrect product or a product that did not rep- represent the quality that they wanted. And we see the dedication that our team members have and we constantly communicate with them. Another thing that I didn't mention, actually, we also have a Wellness Friday. And this is for Fridays when we are less busy. Um, the first Friday after payday, we actually let them go all, like, they don't come to work. And they we explain us. to them that we explain to them that this Wellness Friday is for you. Is for you. Don't think about work. Don't, you know, just take time off and just, you know, just be, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, whatever makes you happy. At the end of the day, we just want to create a happy environment, yeah. and you know, and also goes, you know, it goes even beyond some things that I really cannot. It's not it does not form form part of the employee wellness, but they're not micromanaged, you know. Mm-hmm. So you do what you want to do, and you and, and and obviously, you know, within the standards of the company, and you create that environment yourself. You create the environment that you want, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so we, I mean, my sister and I look at it that we are coming into the space whenever we go to the warehouse we're coming into their space um it's not them coming into our space you know and so that's what we've c- created and um and and i just need to also mention that this business is actually named the 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 the, the, the umbrella business named the alice group which is named after our late mother and our late mother was also one person who was just all about wellness you know without even realizing it she was a nurse by profession but she was all about about mm. about, about wellness but we did not necessarily think, oh, we're doing this because of our mom did this. But we realized that it's something that she's also instilled in her in you, children, in you, right? right? And yeah. we cannot necessarily move away from it. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that, that we, mm. um, you know, did and we stick to. And we are, we are very proud of what we, you know, what, we, what we're doing in our, you know, in our company mm. for our team members. Well done. And I think when something is inherent in, in who you are and what you're about, it's, there's a lot of ease with, with, with which you kind of execute on Absolutely. that and live it, right? Yes. And I think in many organizations, as you'll know, from a corporate perspective, there are stated values <laughs> and then they're the real values, right? Mm-hmm, they're the ones mm-hmm. we talk about and then the ones <laughs> yes. that actually are yes. lived in organizations are the ones. And I think it was Netflix uh, when they started putting together their culture program and their HR policies. When they first started many years ago, I think it's a document that's kind of widely in the internet where they talk about the fact that there are values that you write in your annual report and in the plaque and then there are values that actually 
in the organization it's, it's the values that you use to 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 either hire people uh, promote people acknowledge people even fire people mm-hmm. right and it's really about those are the real values of the organization i think mm-hmm. what i'm get what i'm getting from this from this part of the conversation is how sustainability is important for you not just for the products right mm-hmm. but also for for appreciating the entire value chain exactly. and how that needs to permeate throughout and i think it's wonderful because i think rehem and i are advocates of of you know in our work that we do with homonomics and the work that we do in the other entities that we have around elevating the african story and what africa's role actually can be in the continent and i mean in, in the world particularly right and 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 i think it goes with building these strong brands these quality brands that can that can that can compete at a global stage which Absolutely. i think you've done so wonderfully it's, Thank it's you. wonderful to see people don't spend a lot of time thinking about financial services they simply think about the money they need to do things and the things they need to do with money that's why we don't think of ourselves as a financial services provider rather we're a money company In fact, we're the needs matched money company. Everything we do is well, needs matched, including providing the world's first ever needs matched life insurance. Life insurance that changes as your life changes. And because we know our lives change, because we wanted to know and share everything there is to know about change, we call the school of thinking change science it's why we created the change exchange a free resource filled with tips tools and other people's stories of navigating change in their lives and it's why we created this podcast series you can find many more on changeexchange.co.za or on your preferred podcast platform just search for change exchange I'm loving the idea of um future case studies. I always think about my daughter mm-hmm. and I always say that what what I lamented being in university is finding African case studies. Yeah, yeah. And it's for me it's such a beautiful point of departure to find African leadership case studies that are representing um an ethos that is social culturally innate. um that isn't necessarily about what the textbooks say the fact that you can reference your mother mm-hmm. um and 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 say this is where i learned it from that starts to codify the relevance of our own upbringings it codifies and makes relevant and scientific the impact of our own ways of thinking and that is such a powerful point of departure i'm loving mm-hmm. it i love right? it and our own values as africans right and i go back i suppose it's yes. one that's always known this thing of ubuntu, ubuntu right yes. and, and it really is about you are because I mean I am because you are Absolutely. right we grew up in that the fact yeah. that the mother next door can shout at you yes. because it takes a village it mm-hmm. takes a lot more than who you are to build you know formidable people brands businesses etc and I think we love the fact that you are just leaning into what is what is african and not shying away from it yeah. um in terms of building the legacy that you are with you and your sister which Indeed. I think for us is like goosebumps stuff right it's awesome <laughs> that's <laughs> that's really exciting yes it's awesome you you've talked to us uh, michelle in in the last few minutes that we've been with you about your, your the journey with the business started the genesis um and I want to introduce this topic around change <laughs> 
And 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 I, I don't really like I'm one of those people who doesn't like change. I like predictability. Rehema knows, yeah, she does. <laughs> I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. Confounder blues. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm learning, I'm learning. But if I can't see where I'm going and have a clear map of how we're gonna get yeah. there, hey, if you're throwing stuff away from me, hey, I need to be coached yeah. on how to do that, right? Yeah. But as a strategist, I also appreciate I mean there's a term that they talk about the fact that no you have to get the English for me right now. But this idea that no 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 war strategy, I think, survives the first strike or the first mm. battle. There's this idea that you can plan as much mm-hmm. as you really want to, but actually by the time you put it to action, it's really, really something very different and yes. you have to adapt. You know, I think somebody said adapt or die. I think it was Peter yeah. Gates. Ooh, guys, I'm being very non-PC. But <laughs> this idea that if you don't if you don't adapt to change in the last two, what, two years, almost three years, guys, I can't believe mm. we're in this environment of this COVID for almost three years. Incredible. But anything, yeah, I also can't believe it. If anything, Thing it yeah. has taught us that if you're not able to move around with the ebbs and flows of change, if you're not able to adapt, it's you're dead. You're dead in the water. We've seen big companies that we never thought would fall mm-hmm. go go off, uh, um, and we've seen organisations that were one thing and now have become something else in 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 attempt to kind of adapt so that they can they can survive. What? In your space, you know, what have been some of the major changes in your industry? I mean, you talk a lot about sustainability. You talk a lot around uh, uh, the kind of work that you're doing and the kind of brand that, brand that you're building and kind of putting out there. What have you seen? What are you seeing in terms of what's going through in terms of change? And 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 they always say that is it is it the Chinese? It's the Japanese Japanese word for crisis, mm, right? Which is yes. on the one side there's danger, on the other side there's opportunity. Exactly. If anything, what are the opportunities that you've seen around that? And, yeah. and, and and maybe just give us an example about how your organization has actually then kind of you know leaned into those opportunities and and, and kind of exploited them. That is so true, Lebo. My sister always says that about you know. I think it's a Chinese, eh? Is it Chinese or Japanese? It's Japanese. 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 Yes, Japanese. exactly. <laughs> and and we use that around a lot during COVID times. But um, my sister and I, you know, we believe in welcoming the unwelcome. Um, Say that again. Welcoming the unwelcome. Okay. Yes, just leaning into change. Uh, yeah, you just have to. <laughs> that you know. sounds very spiritual. It is. It's it very spiritual. spiritual. It sounds a lot yeah. deeper than the, the simple words yes. that you're putting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Immediately when you say welcoming the unwelcome, it, it for me it makes me pause because unwelcome is unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it and, and it has a pos- a possibility of not being pleasant. Exactly. Mm. That is, a, you're asking me to go into spaces that are uncomfortable. That and are uncomfortable them. in embracing and them, embrace them and not resisting change. Because of when you resist the present moment, you are creating suffering. And you're making it harder, ne? In your life. You're making it harder. <laughs> you know, I don't know if you guys have ever had dogs. Sometimes when we, when we want to take my dog to go, uh, you know, get a wash, and we just have to pull it and it doesn't want to go and it's just it just looks like so stagnant and you're just thinking it's not that bad just move just loosen up just get in the bath you're gonna like it after <laughs> you know um but so we had to learn to welcome the unwelcome and yes it is very spiritual because um life is so life is so challenging you know uh, and 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 that also goes into business so now imagine mm. life is so challenging mm. and then now imagine if you now choosing to be an entrepreneur you're making it even more tough Ooh. for yourself you know because business on its own is also really a big challenge before you decide to go and head up one yourself right? yeah exactly you know the and so that's what we really had to yeah. learn in this business journey yeah when we went into the business we did not imagine the amount of challenges that we 
going to face and there was a lot of resistance in the beginning and resistance from who? oh my goodness for, 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 from both of us in terms of resisting resisting what we were seeing the reality that it's that, that you guys are not making the money that you imagined you would be making you in, know in the time frame that you thought you would yes, yes. you know when we, when we decided to go into the business full time and, and so you're thinking to yourself no I don't think this is I, I don't I don't know I, don't, I think it's, I did not I did not think right you know I, I, I think I made a mistake and so we were there was a lot of resistance to be totally honest but but um, and as I said in our pre-interview, to say that in those moments when you know when it, we're realizing that oh my goodness, we've really just you know dug so deep into this entrepreneurship journey, um, we there's no way that we can turn back now. We were thinking that you know I don't know I think we want to quit, but it was in those moments and it's in those moments that we actually look back and we're like wow we've learned so much in those times so yes there's been a lot of changes in the business um, on, on both personal and for business as well um, but then the, uh, you know for instance during the COVID times my sister had just been in the business full time at the time for just six months wow just six months we she had just quit a job yeah, we had quit our job. So essentially, okay. we started the business in 2016, working full time. Um, and in 2017, uh, we, we it was just pretty much like just once once a year going to market, selling the products. But it was just such good feedback that, yeah. you know, we knew that we were really on the right path. And um, we, we, we traveled the world. I mean, in 2018, 2019, we were not in South Africa. We were living, we were both living in Switzerland. Um, that's where I studied and I did my master's. And my sister was working in Switzerland um, as an HRBP. Why Switzerland? Um, okay, no. Finish, finish. <laughs> My face. <laughs> uh, the company that she was working for in South Africa gave her an opportunity to okay. work in Switzerland, and so I followed suit. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and then we decided when we came home from Switzerland, actually, while we had, uh, while we were living in Switzerland, we came home just for the market. And when we were at that market, we decided, no, we need to just come back home and do this full time. Mm. And at the time, I had six months left to complete my um, my master's, and we went back. And indeed, after six months, we packed our bags and we came back home. And six months later, it would be um, COVID. Mm. Um, uh, you know, at the hard lockdown, and you know, at that time, we had just, just, just gotten our product into Builders Warehouse, and you know, we—I mean, of course, they told you we're going to put you in the biggest store, and you need to sell within two months. Otherwise, otherwise, we cannot reorder. You know, and so we depended so much on those. Mo- I mean, I remember <laughs> on weekends we were going there with pamphlets trying to convince people to buy, and it was just not working. I was like, no, you know, it's not working, and you know, um, COVID hit. You know, um, you know, a week later, and you know, at the time that COVID hit, we had just received um, our first PO from Woolworths, and we had to launch in June of that year, and um, you know what. Our, our product is a non-essential product, so obviously that was not going to be able to be. Um, it was not yeah, going to be able yeah. to be sold, you know, at 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 Builders Warehouse, and so, um, you know, that was quite a devastating period for us. I remember we just lived with a thousand rent in our account, and we thought, okay, what do we do? Because um, we need to, we, we were hoping for revenue from whatever Builders does. We're gonna, you know, put it into making production for Woolworths, etc. You know, but it did not work out the way we thought it would work out, right? So we had, to, we had to, we had to, we had to welcome that situation. And so, um, what that does, what welcoming and welcome does, it it, it 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 makes sure that your mind does not stop and 
you know, you're just sit, sitting in that state of, I cannot go on, I'm giving up. It just gives you hope to say, find how, what's the next best thing mm-hmm. that I will do? And in that moment, the next best thing, um, Master and I were thinking, okay, we, let, let's just sell masks. <laughs> that's the only thing that's moving in the market. Yeah. <laughs> let's sell masks. And our approach, having been able to talk to retailers and, and, and having the mind to really, instead of selling just to single consumers, selling whole, um, wholesale, we then um, decided to contact your large corporates. So, you know, your, your, your Sasol, Discovery yeah. Health. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we told them that we do masks, you know, which is a nice presentation. And then we got the job. Right, we got the contracts to supply them with masks, wow. and then within five weeks, we were able. I mean, this is after a lot of trial and error. I'm really just cutting the story so fine because, <laughs> yeah, trust me, I'm, we I'm went through. I want you to pause. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do want you to pause because yes. again, in this narrative of so many gems, I wanted to take us on that journey. Yeah, because I think that there's a lot of. Hey, it was hard, hey, but we made it. Stories out there, right? <laughs> yes. And people and people don't talk about Mm-mm. what hard means. What hard exactly? What that moment feels like, right? Yeah. It feels often. Sometimes, if they do share the story, if you're lucky, uh, it's a as you said, it's very quick it's over. over quickly. Yeah, it was hard, but so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. to not to bring out like you know um, bad stories. Oh or, no, not mm-hmm. at all. But I think there's some really significant points in your journey you know they talk about the fact that there's different archetypes of stories there's like the hero's journey and then there's mm-hmm. you know the love mm-hmm. story um and for us to always find ourselves in some kind of archetype of story right where you are representing is you know i'm listening to you and i'm thinking world traveler middle income black woman um very well networked and so she's got a thousand mm-hmm. rands in her pocket um but she doesn't sound like it's bad Right, because that's I, I'm 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 sharing yeah. with you what that sounds like, yeah. what I've heard feedback. Yeah. Right, um, so what is what is what is the significance of a thousand rands in your pockets? I mean, what did that do for you? Um, coming where you're coming from, international job, international access, mm. international schooling, mm. that has a sense of you can get out of anything. Mm-hmm. So what really happened? What is it that you know? shifted for you or you became more aware and conscious of in that moment where you had a thousand rand you've decided to come home and this plan of builder's warehouse Mm. is not working what had to happen what is it what created that um opportunity or what created that chaos sufficiently yeah for you to say a different situation needs to occur but what was that difference was it you? Uh, are you are you that strong person that, hey, anything happens, I'm gonna make a plan. No way. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or you know, no I way. I wallow, right? That's mm-hmm. me personally. I need a few moments to, to in get it. into the. This <laughs> is so bad. I, I cannot believe it. I'm here. I get into moments where I I blame myself um, yes. for being in a situation for mm-hmm. being a middle-class black woman with all the privileges of great education, all the privileges of access, finding myself in a financial situation that I feel that had I taken safer routes, I wouldn't be at. Mm. I get into those moments Mm. of severe self-doubt. I get into those moments where I feel like I've done the wrong thing. And and I'm curious, um, was that something that you, because of your sense of balance, um, you don't have to navigate? Is this an easy switch for you to turn on 
what is that moment for you, that thousand rand? I'm using the thousand mm. rand as my anchor mm. for this particular moment where you had to do things differently. What was it for you? What do you feel? What did you go through? What was going through your mind and what did you reach out to? Rehema, I want to say to you that indeed, my sister and I were very well traveled. We had internet, um, you know, international exposure. Okay. Um, we had wonderful jobs, but one thing we did not have was the network at mm-hmm. all, yeah. especially that of, you know, of um, funders, etc., or, or 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 potential customers, you know, within the space in which we operate. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely one thing we did not have. If we had any connection, it really was our friends, and mm-hmm. that's what helped us through those moments. I mean, having a thousand rand um, in the bank account really looked like not having paid your vehicle finance for months, not mm-hmm. having paid, you know, your rent Those phone calls. Hey, Can we for months, <laughs> you know, not in, Peter to pay in fact, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, in fact, the reason we had only a thousand rand left in the account is because. You know, um, I think a day before we had we we just decided no, we just need to pay this one installment for the car because this otherwise, is getting really bad. Otherwise, we are losing this yeah, car. Yeah. And without this car, we cannot move. You know, yeah. and we've been in a situation where we did not have a car. We had lent a, a car from a friend of ours, and it was we actually even have the video mm-hmm. where I was recording my sister, and she was trying trying to start this car. We we're actually having to drive to an interview, and the car would not start. Um, and that's when we realized that we have to go to the bank and apply for a car, you know. Mm. Um, and so we had these moments where we had really nothing, mm. and it was, it was, it was a change in itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a change yeah. in itself to say now we had to really be in a position of, um, like I mentioned to you guys before, vulnerability to mm. to, to mm-hmm. be more vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, to our friends, um, you know, to be more vulnerable to you know it? to those around us. You know what? They were very supportive. We had very supportive friends. Was that a big shift? Was that a big shift for you to be vulnerable? I'm just saying, was that a big change for you to kind of completely? (laughs) It was uncomfortable. Yeah, it was very, very uncomfortable. You know, Um, it was very uncomfortable. I remember we were driving with a with a friend of ours, and she said, "If you guys need help, you must just ask." Okay, and we just thought to ourselves. Actually, me. We are fine. <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. It's not we are fine, and, yeah. and you know, but you know, but she saw that these people are not fine. You know, mm-hmm. um, to then then us having to really ask for help was us. We were living in an empty apartment, and our friends were then like, "I'll give you a couch, oh. and I'll give you a table," and mm-hmm. so that's the kind of help we oh. needed. And you just realize that it's not that people don't want; it's that you don't ask. Yeah. You know, just let yeah. people know what's up. You know, it's it's it's, it's okay to be down and under, you know, especially yeah. if you are working towards something. It's Bigger. really okay. Yeah. And we were very fortunate enough to have friends who were really understanding. Um and 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 that and they really helped a lot during that whole COVID period as well. Because the nice thing was that our friends were not going to work. Our friends who had corporate jobs were not going to work, you know, so they did not have to pour petrol or whatever. So they had excess <laughs> money. money. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> bring it here. Honestly was we need to talk about how there was excess money. There was really excess was. money during it really was. was. And I was saying, my husband is is employed, mm. and I kept saying to him, the life of an of an entrepreneur very versus different. the life oh. of somebody who was in corporate who's suddenly yes. at home is very yeah, different. Yeah. Completely. Or the corporates that survived. Eh? Oh yeah. That's, yeah. That's, yes. yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. But there was true. this this white you know whitewashing mm-hmm. of just how hard the entrepreneur environment could get. Yes. Um, because oh, people yeah. were like people were buying cars. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And you're like. 
I am struggling at this. I am struggling. I have nothing. But you I know? think to build on that, mm. I mean, she talks about vulnerability. That ability, you know, you 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 were fortunate to be in a place where your friends could see. Mm. Um, and I think that we are also sitting back and 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 we reflect on, you know, there are some conversations that you are conditioned even in culturally that you know people don't know the affairs of your home mm-hmm. right um, don't hang out to yes. dirty numbers don't hang out to dirty <laughs> numbers mm-hmm. yeah. so to that extent you know this this word that we use in, in business about the ego um, mm-hmm. about the ego um, it's not really about thinking you're better than but you know you, it, it's a certain level of pride mm-hmm. that it takes away from you to say I am lacking mm-hmm. right Something. now. Mm. I have insufficient in yeah. this moment. Yeah. Um, my plate is out. Please put it in. Mm. But I think in as much as you say that many people don't know how to ask, many people don't know how to offer mm. when they have excess mm. either. Um, it's almost like I've got and it's enough. Mm. Um, so I guess mm. it's, a, it's a dual responsibility in game and we're learning, I think, from the COVID era to be a lot more conscious and aware. But how did you navigate your own personal ego in asking for help, mm. asking for networks, asking for support where you needed it? Letting go of of who I was, letting go of who I thought I was, you know, letting go of Which um, was? the jet-setting, you know, Michelle, yeah. the economist who was, you know, getting a, a salary with, you know, um, beautiful benefits. You know, both of us had to Airport do that lounges. transition. Ash. Airport lounges, indeed. It's yeah. like, you know us so well. <laughs> wow. It's one of the first things that goes <laughs> is the airport exactly. <laughs> You know, and the passport photo with yes. the flight, exactly. Yes. That's my sister and I, for sure. Um, and so we both had to let go of that because of we did not really have uh, different lifestyles. We had the same lifestyles because we always hung out together. Yeah. And um, and so we had to really let go of that. And oh, that was just so painful mm. to also accept that you are not living that. And whether you're going to access that again or not, you don't know. Because my sister once asked me, we were sitting in the kitchen and she said to me, if it were to remain like this forever, would you continue doing the business? Mm. You know, and I looked at her and I said, I would. Really? I did. I said I would, and 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 she never forgets. She always reminds me that. Remember, you said that. That means you really, really are into it. And I said, yeah. You know, I I really, I'm very sure of this. It, it just it it has to work out, you know. And so that's what it looked like. It, 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 I had to let go of the ego, and I had to also let go of, um, you know, worrying about what people will say. My dad always said that people will talk for like you know a day or two, and, and after that over. they forget. Next you to know? the next, on to the next. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so also reminding myself that yes, that's actually how it is. Like, like they will really forget. Um, and so, but but also, you know, not blindly following the entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial journey without, you know, thinking about how you're going to actually make it eventually, hey. right? So you also don't want to be, you know, blindly and, and stubbornly, you know, following this when it's not working out, you know? So we had to have a plan and we had to have milestones. If we do not get contract of X amount by three in three months, we have to move on to an, an, the next plan. Or if this does not happen, then you have to do one, two, three. And, you know, luckily we're able to meet those milestones. And when you do that, it gives you courage to be able yes. to continue to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, as I said, with the, with the COVID story that we, if these masks don't work out, we, you know, we had to make money to be able to fulfill our Woolworths order. Indeed. Right? 
So as a business, we are sitting here with an expected revenue to come in around June because that's when we're supposed to fulfill our Woolworths order, but it has to be moved back to September. So that really creates a challenge for us. But then with the mask story, within five weeks, we we're able to, by the way, supply to Cecil Group and Discovery Health. Lovely. And we we're able to make half a million, oh! you know, in that time. Very Obviously, nice. you know, we had lent, you know, money from friends, etc. And we had to pay it back. <laughs> we had to be vulnerable, <laughs> which really paid out, you know. Um, wow. But then we we're able to really then survive. You know, we're able to then go, you know, from one step to the next, you know, starting selling, you know, with with with, with um, our baskets, for instance, we're packaging them in our garage, in our home, you know, um, and our helper at the time, who is now working at our factory, um, would work, clean the house. And after that, she'd help us now package the products that we have to dispatch to Woolworths, etc. from our garage, um, you know, and so we made it work. We really had to make it work, but it required that. It required change, vulnerability, welcoming then welcome, mm. you know, letting go of who you think you were or who you, you know, you, you believe you were, mm, um, you know, yes, exactly. Mm. And, and there's a lot of, you know, perseverance that we've learned, you know, through that journey. And it's, it's, it's just always something that we, I mean, there's just so many wonderful stories to tell about our business and what we've done, but it's those stories where it was really difficult and really hard that make us see that, wow, we're really committed. It's actually crazy because I wonder if we were conscious about this commitment, you know, that we that we had during that time, you know, mm-hmm. but it was there. It was there. So, yeah. We are a generation of South Africans. We have faced challenges and been given opportunities that our parents were not. We We have have seized seized the future future. with both hands and we will be the change we want to see in in our our nation. nation. Our guests are orchestra conductors, mountaineers, investors and activists, pilots, winemakers and more. To listen, simply search for Change in One Generation wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by The Change Exchange. Helping you to better navigate life's changes. I always ask the question when people say that, oh, you were so resilient. I'm like, in that moment, I'm not thinking this is resilient. (laughs) You're thinking there's no other choice. You're thinking I have to get out of this. That is so true. I stay here or I go upright. That is so true. In hindsight, that's. That's, That's a, the definition exactly. and the illustration of resilience, right? Yeah, you don't in that moment you don't realize that you're being resilient. No. I like that. That's yeah. very true. Very, very true. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I think you've shared such wonderful, wonderful gems, uh, Michelle. I think we could go on forever with this conversation yeah. completely. As you can tell, we can talk at infinite I'm yeah. English word, around your journey, what you've what you, what you've what you've gone through, how you've navigated some of the key moments in your life, mm-hmm. what they've meant for you personally, what they've meant for your business. And I think one of the things that we're very, very clear about also is just to make sure that as we have these conversations that we're able to give people that are listening to our show right now almost the things that they can hang on in terms of some of the tools that they use, right? So you've talked about what has been the personal metamorphosis for you and your sister. We should have had her in the room as well. Yes. Just also understood oh. her perspective around <laughs> stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And just to understand, you know, we've talked about vulnerability and having to kind of go into that space and be spaces that you really, really don't want to want, want to be in. But if you can share like one tool <laughs> uh, that has been very useful to you as you've navigated change, as you continue to navigate change, mm-hmm. I think the last two years have taught us that uh, we can't, we can't change is, is, is a constant. Right? We don't like it. Mm-hmm. We don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not planning 
for it, uh, continuously you're going to find yourself in, in a very uncomfortable position. So what is one tool? What is one tool that we can share with our listeners that says, okay, this is something that I've used, I found it useful, that can help them as they navigate some of this change in their, in their area? Um, I think it's that of being honest with yourself. Mm. You know, I think honesty is really important to saying, what do you believe you can handle? Um, and, and, and then being honest about your situation to say that this is really dire. And, you know, I, I, like, like I mentioned with that thing of milestones to, 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 to really set certain milestones to say that I have to achieve X, Y, Z. By such and such a time, and if I don't, I have to take a detour because of what that will do. It will help you come up with ideas. One thing I use sometimes when it's really, really hard for me in the business or in my personal life is that I just, you know, uh, you know, bite the elephant in bits, and by that I'll just, you know, maybe not even worry about it during the day, and I'll sleep, and in the morning I'll say, what's the next best thing? I need to do right now, mm-hmm. and you will know. You will know what the best next, what 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 the next best thing is that you need to do, and you get up and you do that. And then after that, what's the next best thing? And then you get up and you, and that really just creates momentum of something that will just hold your situation strong, and you can actually break away from, um, you know, whatever it is that that was challenging. Um, and I would say another one, you know, would be, um, you know. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's really like I said that I'm I'm very spiritual. spiritual so, yeah. <laughs> but 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 that one of actually you know finding direction and I think um, you know of of, of being still and, and and trying to understand if this is what um, you know you need to be doing and and in that now to, to actually just sum it up you know for because you know we we really deal with things differently. But I would say have courage. Actually, let me just put it like that: <laughs> have courage. <laughs> you know, have courage because. Um, you know, even though we people are spiritual, but then there's different ways in which we, you know, we practice our spirituality. Mm-hmm. But I would say that have courage, and this can resonate with anybody. But when you have courage, you are able to, you know, a quick example. My sister and I um, we were doing a market, and we did not have money for plants because we sell part of our product is to sell planters. Yeah, and we did not have money for plants, and plants go for anything from five hundred to a thousand rand. You know, plants are very expensive, and we want big. You know, fixed plants, etc. And we could not get these plants, and we had to think about, okay, what can we do? We called the botanical gardens in Pretoria, and we asked them for plants. You know, and that for me is courage to be yeah. able to say, "Hi, can you please have one, two, three? We'll bring it back." You know, and they gave us those plants, and they said you can keep the plants. Oh. You know, and we were able to use them. I mean, we actually oh. still have them in our homes. Oh. You know, to to um, to to, um, to this day. So oh. we had to work with what we had. So having courage is that working with what you have. What do you have in that moment? You know, work with it and have the courage to ask. Have the courage to go and knock and say, "Hi, Lebo, I'm selling one, two, three. I'm mm. just wondering if you'd be interested in this." You know, and if she says no, it's fine. Then that you are closer to your next yes. Indeed. You know, and so that's just I would say that the, those are the two things that kept us going um, you know and I speak for my sister and I because we, we share a lot you know if she was here I would be saying you know, maybe different things but you know similar stories yeah. because we really share a lot about our journey and um, and in, in, even in our spiritual journey of, 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 of really trying to understand that thing about vulnerability letting go of the ego mm-hmm. etc it's an exercise that we did together you know um, and so yeah I would say that those are the two things that can actually help someone get out of a slump mm. I have two last questions <laughs> <laughs> The first question is, what are you reading right now? Just have a sense. Oh my you, you, said you have this sense of you of, of connecting to a bit more than that which is 
around you. It sounds like you you pick up stuff from other places. Yeah. So what are you reading? What's inspiring you right now? Currently, I'm I'm, I'm reading "Loving Bravely" by um, Dr. Alexandra Sol- um, Solomon. She's mm. a psychologist, and she talks about um, loving bravely. You know, so basically, mm. um, loving without. I would not say loving without condition because that's just pushing it from a human perspective sometimes. But basically loving freely. So defining your own way of loving somebody. Um, mm. uh, so, yeah, I would, I would say that that's what I'm reading currently right now. Um, a lot of, I've, I've read so many other things that have really contributed to the knowledge that I would say I have and how mm. I'm able to really just, you know, move through life. One of my best um, books was um, uh, Daring Greatly by mm-hmm. Brene Brown, Brown. Mm-hmm. and The Alchemist, you know, by uh, Paulo Coelho. That, that was, oh my goodness, The Alchemist was just, it was such a small book, but it was just so powerful. Oh my goodness, that book was just amazing. Yeah. I reread so, that a few yeah. months ago. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a beautiful book. Yeah, I read it for the first time last year, and I was yeah. like, how did I not how read did it I before? Miss it? Like, what yeah. on earth? Yeah. Yes, but yeah, essentially that's what I'm reading currently. Mm. When I find time, because sometimes I'm just so tired. Aish. Well, <laughs> because we don't stop. A precious gift. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you are carrying a precious gift at this moment, and so I am. as we as we wrap up, I think it's it's to just ask the future of most cribs. You mm. brought it so far. It definitely in the in, in the spirit of sustainability, it's clearly got a long way to go. But in your own words, mm. um, being the the great custodian of a beautiful future <laughs> <laughs> at this moment, um, what is the future of most cribs, and what is what's in the cards for your personal future? Let me just map out this to say most crib currently right now um, is has, has a very good customer for, uh, portfolio in South Africa. We had Woolworths, Mr. Price Home, um, and recently launched at Home. Okay, and yes, that was a wonderful collaboration that we've just recently done. Um, You know, and we are also just recently signing up with Superbulist, by the way, to actually sell Superbulist online Online. store. Yes, and internationally, we are at Crate and Barrel, Mm -hmm. um, and also just two weeks ago, shipped out a forty-foot container for Target. Oh, oh, targets in the US? Yes, oh, targets wow. in the US. Well so well that's, quite a, that's quite a feat for us. Um, we're very fortunate to have that. Just, re- just last year, July, we launched an online store in the US that's done amazing. And our plan is to really grow that online store with new products, um, but also growing the online store in South Africa. We don't have an mm. online store in South Africa mm. at all. Can you believe it? That's we have an online store in the US, <laughs> you know, shipping products, uh, you know, all the way to the US. We've got a, a small little warehouse, by the way, in New Jersey, where our products are, oh, and we lovely. ship out from there. Yes. Um, and so the plan is to also create an online store. So by the 1st of November, we're going to have an online store locally, um, locally as oh, well, where we, we, we really do want to go, you know, um, you know, ham with our direct consumer mm-hmm. and connect mm-hmm. with our customers. Mm-hmm. We miss that so much. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's currently what we're doing for most group. And our plan, you know, is to grow our range, you know, as you can mm-hmm. think of it, about the home, it's bathroom, it's bedroom, it's kitchen. So we want to be able to have products for all of those rooms in the mm-hmm. in, in, in the home and um, hopefully have a you know um, retail stores you know in the future we'll see of your own yeah we look forward to that (laughs) (laughs) we certainly look forward to that i think you're such an amazing illustration of an african story (laughs) and what it can look like i think at the beginning rehema spoke about the fact that i have this particular 
hash it around. In fact, when I do get around doing my doctorate, don't know when that is. Uh, this idea of actually having a, a conversation and I think an investigation around what it takes to make African brands. And when, mm. you put, when you put a really great African brand next to an international one, I will choose not to buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Uh, next to an African brand, not because uh, uh, the African brand is inferior, but because mm. I just have a particular taste for that, right? Mm. But on a quality level, of we, we, we are actually on par. So I think you are such an amazing, inspiring story of your journey of this. Thank you. <laughs> you and your sister, I think yes. it's such an amazing partnership that you have um, and how you are growing and have grown this brand and where you're going. We're looking forward to seeing all of that, right? Oh, thank um, you so much. <laughs> and maybe having you back again in our stories yes, as we talk about you. where are you now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> what other change have you navigated, right? And have that, that yeah. conversation. So thank you so much. For thank you. Time. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate it. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. We're definitely going to have you back yeah. for some form of conversation or to have some advice on which of your products yeah. I should have in my home. Yes. I think that everybody, every African, every South African should have, have one of those yes. in their home. It, it just makes sense. Ladies and gentlemen, um, that is it from us yeah. for this particular session with Michelle Mukone from Moe's Cribs. This was brought to you by Abba Kogli, the Storytellers, a Womanomics Africa podcast brought to you by Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Visit www.changeexchange.co.za to learn more about the science of change and how you can navigate change in your life. If you're enjoying these groundbreaking conversations, be sure not to miss any of our upcoming episodes like this one. Tell us a little bit more about your business and how you're balancing that need for your introversion, but also this power dynamic of being part of a partnership, right? Tell us a little bit more about that. So we are in events management. Actually, interestingly enough, the eventing space or the hospitality space actually allows you to be in the background. Really? Of course. Because your clients are the ones who must you, shine. Who must shine. Ah. It's not you shining. It's you <laughs> making sure that, they that shine. your clients shine. 